Good evening, everybody, and welcome to lap five of Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley, presented by Edmonton International Raceway. My special guest this evening is driver of the number 34 NASCAR late model at Edmonton International Raceway, Cameron Med. We're going to have a lot of good stories. It's going to be a great interview. I can't wait to conduct this interview and share it with everybody. Also on tap, I got some EIR news for everybody. It's not going to be a big segment, but there's still a little bit of news. I got to say this. The green flag is waving. Turning laps with Mr. Smiley starts right now. Welcome back to lap five of Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley. I am, of course, Mr. Smiley, and moving right on to some EIR news before we get to our interview with Cameron Med. The 2024 racing schedule is out for Edmonton International Raceway. Go to edmontonraceway.com and get the schedule, and you could also get your tickets for any race of the upcoming racing season at edmontoninternationalraceway.com. The tickets are also on sale now for the Napa 300 NASCAR Canada Series event that's going to be run on July 27th. Your race ticket, everybody, gets you two nights of racing, not just one, but two nights of racing. Our home track drivers are going to put on one awesome show the night before on the Friday, the 26th of July. You've got to come out and watch the, watch the local drivers. They put on a really fantastic show. Then the, then the NASCAR Canada series rolls into town. Fun full day full of events and activities are being, are planned for the Napa 300 at the racetrack. We're also in planning stages of NASCAR week in Wetaskiwin. Stay tuned to this podcast and to our website, edmontonraceway.com, and all of our social media channels for updates on the exciting NASCAR week in Wetaskiwin events. It happens every year prior to the big event when the NASCAR Canada Series rolls into town. It was formerly known as NASCAR Pinty Series, but now Pinty's is one of the entitlement sponsors as long along with Averium. So again, it's going to be a fantastic show. And once again, we're so happy to have Napa on board for the Napa 300. We signed a three-year agreement with them. So that's going to be fantastic. Folks, I can't stress this enough. If you're going to make it out to one race this season, make it the Napa 300 here at Edmonton International Raceway. It is such an exciting event. It's a quarter-mile bullring. It's, it's the cars are just so loud. And like I said, you can feel the force of the cars coming off at turn number four. It is just, it's an experience like you have never seen before. So if you're going to go to any race this season, or if you want to take in your first event, come down to Edmonton International Raceway in Wetaskiwin. Come to the Napa 300. And in fact, 
all the racing that happens all season long. The crash car class is back. We've got the stacker cars. We've got the late models. We got thunder cars. We got pure stocks. We got the Bucks Auto Enduro. Yes, that's a 200 lap event. If we get 30 or more cars, the entitlement sponsor Bucks Auto will pay $5,000 to the winner, but we need at least 30 cars out on the racetrack. So easy to build one of these cars, you could do it in an afternoon. The rules for all the car classes are on edmontonraceway.com, but I can't stress enough. The Racerec Auto, all you need is a V6 front-wheel drive automatic car. Get the rules online, edmontonraceway.com. The more cars that are out, the bigger show it's going to be for everybody, and you get a chance to win $5,000, everybody. That's fantastic. I'd love to win $5,000 from running a 200-lap race in a car that you just need to put safety equipment in, no other modifications. It is so awesome. Our NASCAR Pure stocks, I mentioned that before, our NASCAR, sorry, our Future stocks are going to be back out. Also, the Mini Cups. These kids are maybe small on stature, but they're big on heart. And also, the IMCA Modifieds are going to be making a return also at Edmonton International Raceway in 2024. To all you drivers out there from Edmonton International Raceway, I'm not sure if you read this or not, but on our website, edmontonraceway.com, Loretta has a little bit of a news information for everybody. And she's strongly encouraging everybody, all you racers and race teams out there, to bring your merchandise. Get t-shirts made up. Get whatever made up. Hats. Bring it out to the souvenir stand. She will sell it at the souvenir stand. It's more exposure for you race teams and you racers out there. Your fans are demanding this. Next, moving right along. Also, returning this year, this season, 2024, at Edmonton International Raceway, we're going to be utilizing my race pass once again for this season. So all you drivers out there, get onto my race pass. Create yourself a driver profile, okay? This is a fan interactive site where the fans could, could make comments, see your profile and everything. For you fans, we got something new that we're going to be utilizing this year with My Race Pass. also. We're going to have a fantasy lineup all set up so you guys could pick who you think. Get your fantasy lineup ready and all that. We're going to have live timing on the app as well live leaderboards uh, it's good it's going to be a really cool experience fans out there download the app as well my race pass it's available on the app store or google play so download the app search up edmonton international raceway on the app again it's a free app search it up edmonton international raceway make it your favorite and then you get notifications of rainouts, uh, live timing. It's a really awesome fan interactive site. And again, for you drivers out there, you put your sponsors on your My Race Pass profile. And again, that gets your sponsors more exposure. So it's going to be easy for you, for you guys and gals to get some sponsors. So I encourage all you racers, again, it's free on the App Store and Google Play. On February the 10th, Edmonton International Raceway has a booth at the Speedway Market presented by DS Signs. It's going to be located in Stony Plain at the Heritage Park Pavilion. Once again, 
February the 10th, 2024. Head on out there. The hours are from 10 to 4. Stop by Edmonton International Raceways booth. Jessica Carbone, driver of the number 7 NASCAR Pure Stock. She's scheduled to be there with her car. She's going to be there signing autographs, meeting all you fans out there. I highly encourage you to head on out to Stony Plain and the Heritage Park Pavilion. While you're there, pick up your NASCAR Canada Series Napa 300 tickets and book your test drive there today, ladies and gentlemen. So that takes care of a little bit of EIR news. So now I'm going to be moving right along to the interview segment with Cam Med, who is driver of the number 34 NASCAR late model here at Edmonton International Raceway. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Mr. Cameron Med. How are you doing tonight, Cameron? And thank you very much for joining me on Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley. How's your day been? Oh, it's been going pretty good. The weather's been nice here in central Alberta, so work's been slow. But uh, yeah, it's been good to get work done around the acreage here and things have been going pretty good. My first question for you is, how long have you been racing? Because this was my first time seeing you on the racetrack was in the 2023 season. And I'm telling you, bud, I'm impressed. I, you're an awesome driver out there. Yeah, so I started driving myself here in the last six years. I've been uh, associated with racing uh, since I was born, but I really picked it up and did a lot more traveling with people and got more involved, I would say, probably 20 years ago. So it's, yeah, it's been progressively moving and moving. I've, I've raced a couple different series in the six years, and uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed it all. What series have you driven in the past six years? So the first race car I bought was an IMCA modified on dirt. I raced it for about a year and a half or so. And then we got an opportunity for a dirt late model through a friend. So we put that together over a year, put a new body on it, did all that. And then I ended up actually writing it off in Rimby. I rolled it. Oh. And uh, kind of just ended that era. And I, it took me a long time to recoup. I think I took a year off. Maybe I didn't. It's hard to say. But uh, so, yeah, we kind of pieced things together. And then during COVID, I came across a super truck. And uh, I think it would have been 2020. Mm. And I did that for three years, rebuilt it, really enjoyed it. It's a great class, great group of guys. And uh, I, I think I had some success there. I didn't... Uh, Get to win a feature, led a lot of laps, finished on the podium, got some good results, but just, yeah, I couldn't get it done and just thought it was time to move on here. Cool. And where, when were you introduced at Edmonton International Raceway? Um, I'd say I got introduced there probably three years ago. No, it'd be four years ago in the super truck. Like okay. back when the, the first year I had my super truck, the super trucks were there. I raced there a couple times in the truck and then um, just kind of got talking with Ron. So I, I did the arrive and drive program a little bit for the last two years and uh, drove for Ron and Loretta Thiering a bit. And um, yeah, it's, yeah, I kind of, I got an itch for it and I want to succeed there. And yeah, it's definitely EIRs on my radar. <laughs> EIRs on your radar where have you raced at all the tracks that you've raced at? Which ones are they? 
Uh, in the last six years, I've been all over Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC, mainly that's through the super trucks because they we really got touring there for a couple of years. I think they've stepped away from that this year and kind of hung their hat in Saskatoon, which is good. And um, yeah, so we did Saskatoon, Regina, Medicine Hat, uh, Edmonton International Raceway, Heist. Uh, we would do Prince George, Penticton. We went all over the place in the trucks. And then I've raced Drumheller, Rimby, the dirt track in Edmonton. I've been up to uh, Taylor. It, yeah, it's wherever we can really get a race or go, I'm either racing or my kid. Oh, well, there you well, so, so you got your kid racing. Yeah, so they got a mini sprint class in Hythe and Taylor. And, uh, there's lots of kids. There's like 20 plus kids. There's a juniors class, which is from five to eight. And then a seniors class, which is five to, or sorry, eight to, or nine to 13, I think, or 12. Mm -hmm. So that's how that, that goes. And it's pretty competitive. There's lots of kids. So we do that. And then I race a little bit of dirt last year and this coming season with a buddy of mine. So my kids race dirt, I race dirt, and I'm still going to dabble in the pavement too. So it'll be a full season again. Wow, right on. What's your favorite track that you've been to so far? I'd have to say my favorite track that I've raced in Western Canada has to be Saskatoon, but it's a hard fight with Penticton because all Penticton is is EIR and steroids. Like that's all <laughs> it is. Like it is just... It's progressed, yeah, it's it's hard to explain. Both those tracks to me are great, and I really had a good time at Prince George. It's with the new asphalt, was very, very fast and fun, but uh, definitely Saskatoon, all in all, definitely has my heart. What's been the most challenging race you were in so far in your career? I'd say the most challenging race so far in my career Probably would have been the Roy Roy Wigley Memorial in Medicine Hat. I probably went into turn two to take the green flag a little hot. Ended up taking out a couple of my own friends, wadded my whole super truck up, came in, people ripped a bunch of stuff off, and I had that frame bent, and I fought every lap of it. But I wanted to finish it, and I don't even think I went a lap down, so I'd say that's probably my most challenging race. Okay, so can we say that's been your most demanding race, both physically and mentally, or you do have another yeah, couple of races? No, it's pretty long too. Uh, it's it's yeah, it was a good good race for sure. So, what do you actually think about racing at EIR? Yeah, it's it's great. It's it's a different challenge. I want to say there's two grooves there, but there's a groove and a half. But I want to make two <laughs> grooves, and they do work. And um, I like a challenge. So uh, this coming season, I have a feeling I'm going to spend a little bit more time at EIR. I definitely, definitely have an itch for that and hopefully can get some results. Right on, right on. I probably yeah. only have, I would say, six or seven starts at EIR. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so still, you're kind of like still of a newcomer. You're still trying to get used to the track and everything. Yeah, so I ran the number 10 car, the arrive yep. and drive car, I would say one, two, three, maybe four times. And then I drove my truck there three or four times. Okay, 
So, so yeah, I'm just so, getting the groove of it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's still new to me for sure. Now, when you and I were talking, setting up the interview for today, yeah. um, you showed me a picture of a car you bought. You yeah, wanna... so we're, we're going to uh, still do a pavement deal. I wasn't uh, really committed to do anything for 2024. And then I just had some people really that are good friends that kind of pushed me along and think that I should succeed doing it. And I really want to race at home. I loved traveling and everything the last couple of years, but I've really, I want to race lots and I want to race at home. So what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and run some dirt races at Rad Torque as much as I can there. And when EIR is racing, uh, the late model class, I'm going to commit to all nine races and we are going to run for a championship there. But on Friday night, I'm still going to race dirt and Saturday I'll show up to the pavement track. So we're literally, I think we have 30, between me and Hunter, I think we have 30 races that we want to try and hit. Wow. So sponsors, do you got any sponsors you want to actually shout out for, for your upcoming season? We don't really have any sponsors really set in stone. This is kind of lucky enough. I've got a great wife and a business that I really push hard and couple different things that I do and uh, yeah I've got a few sponsors Pete Russell that's helped me for years uh, Al McIntosh with Northwest Coolings I do have people support me for sure I'm not I haven't approached anybody yet this is all new um, but I definitely I've got some ideas that I'm gonna have to move forward with um, for funding for sure <laughs> well definitely you got a lot of races to to go to so definitely funding will definitely help with that yeah, we're looking at doing a lot of merchandise. Exactly. That's what Loretta was really stressing in for this season was to get the racers some merchandise so that we could actually sell it at the souvenir stand. And also, um, yeah, the um, you've got your hero cards and everything. Is that already for the upcoming season as well? No, this whole car deal has only come into effect here in the last week or two. It's kind of really ramped up. I was kind of searching around, maybe going to do an arrive and drive program. And then I just like having my own stuff at home and doing maintenance and just being particular on my own stuff, right? So I just kept shopping around and I was dealing with a guy in, in uh, Saskatoon for the last, I would say, since I sold my super truck in September and then we came to an agreement on a car so yeah that car will come home probably the middle of this month and then you're gonna work on it get it all race ready and yeah so it had an open motor in it for the saskatoon rules he kept that and then i've uh, purchased a 602 crate that we'll put in it and uh kind of spec it for the eir to run those nine but i will be i've got uh, two or three dates that i will be going to saskatoon for sure i uh like I said, it's one of my favorite tracks to race at. It's great. So they have, I think, one big race, a race the cure I'm going to go. And then the first race of the year is not an overlap. So I'm going to try and do that too in May. So we'll we'll see what happens. Hey, well, keep your fingers crossed that you don't bend her and you come out with it. Yeah, I know. We'll just race conservatively and clean. And I've definitely had a couple of wrecks over the years, but we seem to fixed and tread on i wrote the super truck off had to put it on the frame straightener last year and we didn't even miss a race we still got fourth in points Ooh, that's a lot of work in between races to get it ready 
Yeah, I couldn't do it without my wife. Like sometimes I think I wanted to smash it all with my wheel loader and bury it in the hole, but somehow we just kept trudging along and we'd go out there every night and work and every day and it just all happened. I couldn't do it without all the support of people too. There's a lot of great people that helped me in the truck series. I couldn't uh, couldn't have done it without me. I probably probably leaned on a little bit of people too much, but the addiction took over of racing and I just I had to finish the year, so yeah, probably wasn't the best uh, thing that could have happened, but yeah, we definitely overcome it. You are right when when you said an addiction, because it really is. When you get bit by the racing bug, there's no other adrenaline rush like it. There's none. No, I could even vouch no. for that. No, there's a guy I raced with with years and crewed with him. His name's Ron Larson. He's out of Quinnell, and his brother's Richie Larson. They raced Cascar years ago and stuff. And yeah, I when we started racing, he would tell. Oh yeah, he he races 410, 360 pavement sprint cars, and that's kind of where my heart's at. I still think one day I will end up on a pavement sprint car down in the states. So it's it's just where my passion is, but uh, money just doesn't let it happen. But he'd tell you if you're gonna do something, you do it right. And if you're gonna show up to the first race, you might as well show up to them all. That's right. So it's kind of it's kind of my motto, and I just I like running for a championship somewhere and. I've just uh, I've decided to take the challenge on, and I hope Mike Ram comes back and we can battle it out. Mike Sawyer and some other great guys that'll be there. Uh, well, I can't speak for them. That's that's the thing. Um, cause oh, Mike, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because Mike Ram wants to at least run uh, the ovals on the Na uh, NASCAR Canada series. So yeah, no, for sure. I've been been talking to Mike a little bit and kind of seeing what's going on and giving him a little bit of advice, I guess you could say, but uh, we'll, we'll see what he comes up with. Yeah. Well, sponsors are really hard to find. Yeah. You want to know what, for some reason they just, they don't fall out of the sky. I did. They're just tight with the money. That's all it is. Yet South of the yeah. border, the money is just flowing like crazy. Like um, I was down at PRI, the PRI trade show at Indy this year for the second yeah. year in a row. And I'm telling you the business that these race teams put out there and the prospective sponsors that are out there in the States is just unbelievable. Like I, I, I can't believe the difference between like we're on the same continent, but how much more of the money flows freely in the States versus up here when it comes to businesses and individual sponsoring drivers, it's like, it just boggles my mind. Yeah, that would be a whole different podcast in itself. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, like it's it's not even comparable. It's apples to apples at the end, or apples to oranges at the end of the day. Just totally, totally different. I think a lot of people do good in Canada, like, and make things happen. You do have people that travel south and make it happen. But yeah, it's, we're almost listed in a different level right like i've reached out to a lot of people and they're like you want to know what you win a championship in a big series yeah now we're talking sponsorship right like you see a lot of people that sponsor 10 20 different people you're like oh this company is everywhere but it, they have some very high standards to get that sponsorship for sure oh absolutely they do um, yeah. who, who's been your biggest on-track rival so far? On-track rival over all the years? Yeah. Um, 
That's a hard one. I've raced <laughs> lots with a I've raced lots with a buddy of mine, Dave Venard, and we've had a lot of fun together. And uh, we've raced late models together on the dirt and raced on pavement with the super trucks. In the last two years, we've been very close and traveled together. And he's great to me, great to my kids, and. And yeah, like we just both like seeing each other succeed, but there's one person I want to beat on the racetrack week in and week out, and that's Dave Venard when I'm there with him, right? And there's the same <laughs> thing with him. He wants to beat me. Sure, we're good buddies and can have a hug at the end of the day, but yeah, he's him and a good buddy, uh, Dean, caveman, me and him. Yeah, like they're just, they're good racers and good rivals, and you, you want to set yourself to people of those standards. Same with... Dusty O'Connor, he's raced at EIR for years, race trucks, been all over championships. He's dabbled and crewed in NASCAR and stuff. And when you race against people like that, that they just make you better, right? So, yep. So you're going after a championship here. So you're you're going to knock off two time Mike Ram. You want to know what? That is definitely my goal, and Mike knows it. There and, we go. Uh, We'll we'll see. Like I just I feel like there's got to be a little bit of a rumble going somewhere, and we got to get things lively. And I think it's going to be good. You I, were, I really do think it's going to be good. What did you think? Uh, I don't think you you didn't race on that seventy five lap event that we had the day before Pinty Series last year rolled to town because um, Brett Taylor drove the number ten car. Yeah, for, for that event, what did, did you probably heard all about it and everything? What did you think about having those NASCAR Pinty Series drivers in with our local drivers that night? No, it, it's good. Like that's half the reason why I want to run—not half, but that's a big part of the reason why I want to run for the season. Is I I want to like once again, just like the Super Truck trying to chase those fast guys. I want to race against these guys. They're coming back again. Pretty sure they've committed to some cars, and uh, we're going to probably have a good turnout for that Friday night race. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be great. Like, it's just going to be hopefully hopefully, I'm like Mike and right there at the end. Yeah, that was something else. Mike Ram, him and Brett Taylor were just like – it was a battle throughout the back, entire 75 lap. Yeah, and hopefully we can do that this year, me and Mike, you know what I mean, on an average night. So oh, I'm sure just, you can. I gotta, yeah, I just I gotta just figure that last little bit out. I was I really enjoyed the ten car. I I wanted to run the ten car to be honest all year, and me and Ron went back and forth, and I just I just had to make the decision to go find my own equipment and uh, and try it. And I'm sure Ron will help me. He's a great guy, and Loretta they're both excited for me. So uh, brings another car to the area, and we'll. Hopefully it brings some track excitement. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely the more cars on the track, the more fans are going to come out and watch it because that's the whole show. I mean, you want to have the cars out there. Yeah, no, and it sounds like there is going to be a few more cars. I, I tried to buy some cars locally, and people weren't selling them, and they have plans of racing them this season. So hopefully we have that, you know, 10 cars per race all year. That would be fantastic for sure, for sure. Um, how long are you planning on staying racing? Well, I, I think if you're a racer, you're just 
some of my old time buddies that have raced for years have said, oh, you know, I've taken a few years off. And to be honest, when I sold my super truck, I was going to take some time off. And then I ended up, I don't know if it just didn't sit well or what, but I just, I got to do something. So I was going to dirt race and then ah, I just love the pavement so much that it's just hard. So it didn't really last long. I told my wife I sat a season out and she said I was nuts. And I said, I sat the winter out. So that's the season. <laughs> that's the season. <laughs> yeah. But me, myself is driving. I can't really see myself stopping. Um, my kids have high expectations. Uh, we have a little mini track here. And then a good friend of mine, Robert Lavalley, just north of us, has a really nice track just north of us. So we go up there lots. And then so my kids are doing that. And they want to adventure to the States a little bit. And we're going to go to Spokane and places like that. So we'll we'll see. Like As long as they let us race, I, I have a feeling I will be, you know what I mean, just like a Trevor Boys that just passed away. Trevor had something to do with racing until his last breath. You know what I mean? And as long as they let us do it, I'm sure that's what I'm going to do. I've got a huge passion for it. I want to help it in any way I can. And I want to win races and win a championship. There you go. There you go. So uh, my next question was, how many championships have you won? So obviously you, you're saying None. you want to run for a championship. So this would be your first one if you managed to knock Mike Graham off the pedestal this year. Yeah, like I've ran for two super truck championships in a row. I got third the first year I did it, had pretty good success. And then last year I just, I got some DNFs when I wrecked in Saskatoon. And I just, I lost too many points. I didn't even make it out of a heat race. And I ended up still getting, I think, fourth in the championship points. But no, I've ran for him. I've never won a championship. So it's definitely... Once I get this car dialed in, I, I, I think I'll be taking a few-year run at it for sure. It's not like it's just a one-time deal. That's why I purchased a car so I can – the racetrack's 35 minutes away from my house, so it's going to be nice. Like the last two seasons with the super trucks, the closest place is Heith. I called Heith home four and a half hours, right? So it's going to be super nice to have the dirt car to race in Edmonton on Friday nights or Friday, Saturday when – we aren't racing pavement and then weekends we're going to race pavement. We can, and it overlaps. We'll race both in the same week. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. And it's all right here at home. So it's great. And in the fall, there's a, we're going to do a little four race tour in BC. So Merritt, Clearwater, Valemont and Edmonton has a little tour for uh, some hobby stocks on dirt. So we're going to do that. And, Last year we went to Outlook. I think we're going to go to Merritt for that tour this year. But uh, my guess is we fire up the dirt car May 4th. We run that and the kids as much as we can in May. And then we will convert June to pavement. And then that will heat up a lot because we'll have 11 race weekends in that. And then mm -hmm. we will um, round it off with a whole bunch of dirt again and then dirt right all the way into October. All right. Well, you definitely got your uh, racing season planned out for both you, you and your kids. Yeah, you betcha. That's, uh, we don't play baseball or hockey or anything. We kind of just save all everything we can just for the race season. That's it. Racing for sure. For sure. How has racing prepared you for life off the racetrack? That's a that's a good question. I don't know. Probably made me <laughs> more financially unstable. I could 
But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, definitely that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> With me, racing has pulled me away from my daily job more than it should. Racing has done lots of stuff like that. But, um, usually during the summer, I try. Thankfully, I own, I own a small landscape business, but try and start working on stuff Thursday and then hopefully my guys have the world under control Friday and then focus all racing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday, usually I'm hard to find. So in the heat of June, July, August, it's, it's race season. So that's, that's what we do around here, except I'll probably go to work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> well, you got to pay the bill somehow, right? Yeah, yeah. Lucky enough, I've got a great wife. She cuts grass all summer, runs the crews. I got a, I got a great summer crew that works for me. So lucky enough, I'm kind of thankful enough, and I've got this new little thing. I'm got cows on the go, and I'm trying to become a farmer. So we're gonna see if we have some calves here and buy some more cows. And I'm just about done all my fencing. So hopefully, I can work. I'm trying to work close to home so I can work on race cars. Well, there's nothing wrong with that for sure. And you mentioned your wife, she's your biggest number one supporter. I couldn't even do when I was racing for those three seasons, I couldn't do without my wife and Ron and Loretta, of course, giving us the venue to actually get out there and race. I ran my first year in a Thunder car from, from Ron and Loretta. Yeah. The number five Thunder car was the, the orange race school car. That's when I drove for a while for my first season. Then yeah. I went over to Pure I've seen that the other day. Yeah, you saw that one the other day? Yeah, it's sitting outside of the Ron shop. Yeah, I was talking with Ron and Loretta when we were down in Nashville for the NASCAR celebrations. I said, what's it going to take me to get back in that car? <laughs> but I got to get medically cleared first. I can't I can't race until the doctor signs off on uh, on my neck. So. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. who's going to announce? You got all that enthusiasm in the booth. <laughs> not sure yet. Not sure yet. Um, hopefully, Alan will still be back. But I don't know. I don't know. Like like, you, like we talked about, you get that addiction and you want to drive and you want to get out there and you want to race. And I know I so want yeah. to get back out there and race. Um, but my racing bug is now being fulfilled by iRacing. And you and I were talking just briefly this evening that you guys race also. No, we don't really I race. So my kids are right into dirt. So we play the world of outlaws lots and it's online against other people. And it's just a different form of I racing, I guess you could call it. Um, yeah. We have went to West Edmonton Mall, though. I don't know if you've ever been there and they have Reboot those racing. Yeah, like I, I'm not joking. You like that thing works me harder than 150, 150 lap super truck race. Like that was very intense. Like it was actually very thrilling to do, to be honest. Really? I haven't been on the a full motion sim yet. I got a semi motion no, sim. No, you, you should see. go try. Like, <laughs> you go down there and, you know, get four or five, six people and pick a race. And, like, me and Hunter and Lily and stuff, we'll go down there and we'll play uh, Dirt 410s or 360s at Knoxville or Ports Royal or wherever. Mm -hmm. and a big dirt track and off we go. But, no, you get the full effect of it. So. Oh, I know. I so know that. Um, Colin Livingston, he's invited me over to his race shop whenever he's in town so I could try his full motion sim. And the boys at Reboot Re Racing given me, like, I've got a standing 20-minute uh, session that I can have there. 
Yeah. But um, they're also wanting to sponsor Mike Ram. So we're, I'm just in discussions with yeah. them. That's so, good. Yeah. So, and Mike is already, he's turned laps with, uh, with them on their, their motion sim. But I've done a lot. Oh, I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He he was doing the road course because that's where he needs his practice. If he's going to run run the uh, NASCAR Canada Series, he's got to work on his road course. I mean, ovals he's per, he's good at the ovals, but road courses yeah. is weakness. So you got to work on your weakness. Um, do you find when you guys are on the world of outlaws, it really helps hone your skills? Yeah, a little bit. Like I think if we would buy like the full setup, like and hook it up that way yeah like you would get more of the feeling but i think it helps hunters hand eye coordination but he plays so much video games i tell him all the time i'm like you making your first million in the video games or the racing because <laughs> i don't know which one's gonna pay off but you got to figure out which one so but, uh, yeah so he plays lots of that and we're just gonna try and treat racing this year like we're trying to get them to race every month so they this warm winter we've had they've been sneaking out and getting laps on the track and it just melted the other day so we're into february so i got 20 days to try and work the track get it to the point where the boys can get out there and say they made laps because they made laps every month so far oh wow and that's in the off season yeah so that's the plan is the kids are going to try and get out in the yard more and then hunter's going to try and make a schedule during the summer to practice like wednesday nights or whatever after school he's just he's going to try and take it more serious this year because he's going to chase for a championship in the mini sprints and height right on right so on his plans and my five-year-old's going to race for his first time this season full-time and he has too much energy for all of us put together. So, <laughs> have you ever thought about putting them in a mini cup car over at EIR? Yeah, so I I've been in talks with Hunter. He's a hard sale. Uh, he's looked <laughs> at him. I know Brad Peterson a little bit because of the super trucks, and we yeah. looked at his car. And there's actually a mini cup car for sale close to my house, and I've thought about looking at it. And then once I did this. Uh, late model deal for the season and purchase my own stuff for that it was kind of out the window but it's not fully but i haven't sold him on it yet he wants to be a dirt racer and i'm like you just you need to race all aspects if you want to be a racer and you're sitting at home and i'm at eir and the mini cups are at eir you should be in a mini cup car like if you want to race that's what you do yep. so i think he's come to the conclusion maybe it is time to really focus on that. So we'll see. But yeah, he's, I don't want to say yes, but I, I do have a feeling he will be in a mini cup car pretty quick. Well, once he gets into the mini cup, it gets on, gets that aspect. He may go into a future later on down the road and then pure and then a thunder car. He could be moving on up the ladder just like Lucas Belbeck is. Yeah, no, like that could be his plan for sure. He'll, uh, we'll see where the sky takes him for sure. <laughs> here's an interesting question for you who's been your role model both on and off the track locally or like doesn't matter tony stewart for sure because he's such a business guy i'm wearing a tony stewart shirt now <laughs> at the end of the day, tony stewart is hands down like he doesn't put up with shit he owns i don't know how many businesses like i 
I've read things that it is in the hundreds or two hundreds. Mm -hmm. Who knows, right? But you know, like look at what he's done from every aspect of racing where he started. Now he's going to drive an NHR. Like you, you can't kill the racing bug in that guy. You know what no. I mean? Like he has done it all, and he's like, "Okay, hey, what's next?" What like he'll be in a dirt rally car when he's seventy because he's gonna be like, "Oh, this is." part-time work right so no like for sure like there's there's nobody in the industry like tony stewart and then casey kane's right there too they're just they're great people yep and what about off the track or yeah, off the track off the track mm. <laughs> putting you on the spot here yeah that's a that's a that's a hard one off the track um like do you mean like local like somebody that's not racing or like just somebody you looked up to that wasn't a racer somebody that looked up to that wasn't a racer um uh, yeah you got me on that one you got me on a couple <laughs> but i guess that's half your job right okay <laughs> sort of sort of mm -hmm. just wanted to make an entertaining show for everybody no i, I know i'm trying to, to know you in that person. But yeah, Tony, while well, on and off the track, that's what I mean. He's kind of both of them because if you look at the business aspect where he's made it and stuff like that. But even look at like Michael Jordan now. Like who would have thought like Michael Jordan's True. not he's not doing it because it's like, oh, here I need to lose a hundred million dollars. Michael Jordan's doing it for a business. That's he's right. showing you and proving you that if you have the right connections, the money. You know what I mean? He's making money at the end of the day. He's not losing money. And it just proves that, like you said, with the sponsorship and everybody in the States, like if you're driven, that that's the place to be. Like Skylar G has been trying for years, Robbie Price. Like the list goes on to the Canadians and some of them do great. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even years ago, like look at the Trevor boys and the, there's all sorts of people from back in the day that went down there. So yeah, definitely it seems like the biggest success even that trey lapovich or the kid that won trey the lapovich, yeah yeah he's now he's going to the cars, cars tours right just for exposure right yep yeah yeah and and you brought and you brought michael jordan into it but look at what pitbull has done with justin marks in uh with yeah. Track House. yeah and and if you watch that uh netflix i binge watched it i had a bad cold so i watched that whole netflix nascar thing gong right and if you look at it like how they pick drivers and what they think like that's a very good documentary and like i've never really liked denny hamlin and then you just like listening he's like it's perfect i don't want people to like me he's like yeah i'm a jerk get over it yep so, that's right yeah, it's good. same with like yeah. william byron like you would think he's a quiet guy and he's like no i i don't want people to like me i'm not i'm not going to a racetrack to meet friends you that's think right. he's a personable person but he's not He's definitely like you listen to his interviews and yeah, he's quite the quite the business guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um now I had the pleasure of interviewing Alex Tagliani and I'm yeah. telling you, he's got some really good stories also. Um and yeah. he he's very personable. Really nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't present himself to be anything other than a racer, but he is a businessman and he knows what it takes to get the sponsors and to keep going in racing, no matter what discipline he's been in all throughout his career. Yeah. So you've probably got some uh, advice from him because you're, you're uh, doing the um, Mike Ram stuff, right? You're fully uh, 
kind of heading his deal there. He's very fortunate to have you to be doing that and make a deal with him because seems like that's probably a half a full-time job for you. Um, sort of, sort of. It's a lot of making con- making phone calls and which go unanswered and a lot of emails, which I'm still waiting for responses for. And it's just the perseverance. It's, it's never give up and stuff like that. But it's all about when you sign those deals, you're, you have to become the brand ambassador for your sponsor and you got to show them and take the time to go and do all these sponsorship appearances. Like when, um, when Alex Tagliani comes to, to Edmonton, uh, to race at EIR, we don't see him until race day, Yeah, but he's out doing different interviews he's on the radio he's on tv he's going to certain sponsors here there and everywhere so that's what it takes to be successful in the business and it's not it really isn't easy to to get the sponsors like i want to get mike a ride but it's really difficult to get those sponsors to get him a ride and i'm also working with jeremy bell back in roundtable racing because he's fielding six cars including a drift car for the for the for this season. Yeah. And the driver, uh, with the, no, no, no drifting at EIR. The EIR is on, uh, is that rad or sorry, the uh, drift car is going to be a rad torque and Lucas is driving that on the Thursdays. Oh, okay. So he's driving a drift car on Thursdays and then he's yep. doing EIR on Saturdays. Oh, okay. It's uh, like that kid. Know. Yeah. So, uh, Jeremy's fielding five cars at EIR uh, two thunders, actually six cars at EIR. He's got uh, two thunders, three yeah. future stocks, and a crash car, crash class. Holy. Yeah, and then he's also running a, his drift car at Rad Torque on the Thursday with with Lucas driving. So he's figured out how to keep busy in the racing world, like me. Definitely, but what he's doing is he's bringing the youth into the sport. He's grabbing the kids bringing them yeah. into his race shop and the kids are the ones actually working on their race cars. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. That right. How, how, what better way to keep the sport going and growing than by getting the youth involved? Yeah, no, for sure. Like that's, uh, that's really good. I've been trying to do that too. And same with Robert Lavalley. Like we're trying to get more kids into the mini sprints and same thing, try and get Hunter into the mini cup and, I know Brad Peterson's son's into it and oh yeah. We've we've gotta get these kids into race cars or when I'm uh let's say Ron Thiering's age. <laughs> just to get Ron going. Uh Ron there won't going. be any racing left. So uh <laughs> yeah, well uh we just gotta keep keep the kids coming at it. Well, for sure, for sure. Um, and that's the, one of the biggest things about PRI, uh, performance racing industry, is the U.S. government, the, the legislature down there, is trying to kill the sport of auto racing. And PRI is in existence to stop that from happening down in the U.S. Really? It's that oh, big yeah. Enough. It's that bad down there that the U.S. Congress is being pushed by environmental agencies to kill the sport of auto racing in the U.S., and that's what PRI is trying to stop to avoid. I was so I, that's why I renewed my membership for PRI this year. I don't want to see this sport die. Not no, not no. south of the border because if it does south of the border, we're dead up here. It'd be dead up here. Yeah, it's hard enough to get parts and build cars and do everything here. Well, exactly. Where yeah, we'll be. Well, 
I don't know. Maybe I'll have to build a couple more tracks out back at the farm here, and we'll be racing. <laughs> we'll be racing in the bushes like they did back in the forties. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna throw it right off of. It's gonna stay with the racing, but it's gonna be totally different. What do you think about the electric vehicle movement? And I don't know if you've seen my other podcast with Jay Mackey, the guy that actually built the very first NASCAR late model electric vehicle. What do you think about that technology to be applied to all these naysayers that want to kill the sport of racing? What do you think of that? If they can figure it out, my old buddy Merv Barcelo years ago, we were pavement sprint car racing and we blew up a lot of motors. And back then he's like, you want to know what? I hope they come out with an electric motor. This is like 15 years ago. He's like, cause maybe they won't blow up. We'll just be able to charge them and go. And I'm like, yeah, you never know. And then halfway home, he's like, ah, my luck, I'd blow up an electric motor in about a thousand pieces going down the backstretch. <laughs> but people have talked about it for years. And I, I personally think you want to know what's going to happen. So we're all going to have pit boxes and like all this power and it's probably going to happen because if it does, I'm still going to race. All the people <laughs> right say, oh no, I'm not going to do that. Well, I don't know. I'm an addict. If they make it right, I'm pretty sure we'll be there. Well, Jay's actually perfected it on his NASCAR late model. Um, take a look at that episode on the, on the pod. Yeah, like, no, I've then, watched it. Yeah, yeah. I've watched it. Yeah. But no, he's also, he's, he's definitely also, got his stuff figured out. He does. He does. And he's got two quarter midgets already and he's building a third. Yeah, no, it looks really good. And maybe you'll be able to charge it at home and go race and bring it home and charge it. I have no idea. It'll be like an RC car that you sit in. I don't care if that's the way we go. Just make it right. <laughs> let's, let's go. Where do you see yourself in five years, both on and off the racetrack? Five years from now, I hope I'm still racing. Uh, hopefully <laughs> in five years from now, either I'm in a competitive late model ride that I can go all around the Northwest in, or uh, like a super late model ride, or my full dream of the pavement sprint car deal. There's huge races like Davey Hamilton Jr. puts on a 50,000 to win race in vegas this past year it's going to irwindale um oh, definitely gosh. like if business takes me to that point i'd probably end up there it's probably a five-year goal realistic goal off the track i really hope that uh my businesses keep growing and i just i i definitely want to focus off the track on my on cows i'm kind of kind of suckered into this whole cattle deal i bought a couple of bottle calves a year ago and it's kind of just expanded and expanded and I love the stupid little things. Well, no, they're not little anymore, but so yeah, we'll just, I'm going to try and start a whole cattle business and that'll take five to 10 years for sure. Well, there you go. So you got both on and off covered. Well, there we go. What's been your favorite memory so far and story that you want to share with everybody so far in your career of racing, both at other tracks and at Edmonton International Raceway. Now, now you're getting me. Eh? <laughs> um, probably say at EIR, uh, just the last two weekends that I did there, finishing on the podium, uh, doing better, just 
all in all, it's definitely a good way to end a season um, on the podium for sure. And then um, definitely we had a big race in Saskatoon there in the super truck. I think it was a hundred lap race and I finished second uh, to Lon Ron Larson. He finished third there. He raced lots of DIR. That was a big race uh, there that was definitely challenging, but uh, yeah, I, um, my six years is fairly short in the racing. Uh, I've done lots of crewing and stuff like that, but hopefully uh, in six years from now, I've got lots of stories to talk about championships and winning races. I, I still think I've got lots of years left in me to dr drive. Well, there you go. Now you were just talking about crew chiefing. Are you going to be crew chiefing for your kids most of the time when you're not racing? Yeah, so there's a couple overlaps there. Like we got a one race August 10th. I think they race in Heist, but um, it's a tour race actually for the dirt cars. There's no late models at EIR, but we got a big dirt race in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to race Edmonton Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday they race the kids, but they race Saturday too. So I'll miss that. So yeah, there'll be a little bit of overlapping. Same thing with EIR. I'll have to kind of go to. I'll be coming probably Saturday morning to EIR from Grand Prairie because the kids race at nine o'clock in the morning. So oh, I'll probably boy. finish the kids racing and then probably have my stuff at EIR. But yeah, so I'll be making lots of miles for sure. Making lots of miles. <laughs> Get your air miles card out. Yeah, I don't know. They don't give me points like they used to, but uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely could use a fuel sponsor. That would be my... Uh, my biggest feat would be to find somebody to uh, give, give us fuel cards. That would, yeah, that would definitely uh, help you out for sure. Definitely. Yeah, so yeah, fuel sponsors, but I think I'm going to work on some stuff and merchandise. Like it's hard to get sponsors like me and you were talking about, but oh, I've got yeah. some great ideas uh, for, for merchandise and like to keep costs low. So to get kids into it and it's still a couple bucks to go back into racing. So we're going to really try, I'm going to try and invest some money into that. And instead of doing the whole chase sponsorship thing, I'm going to try and really push merchandise this year. Maybe I'll fall on my face doing it. Maybe I'll be successful, but I'm definitely going to take a stab at it. Worst case, I give a whole bunch of stuff away at the end of the year. Well, true, true. Again, you could utilize EIR or souvenir stand. Loretta's already looking for drivers. Well, that's half the reason why I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. it's a great and, and, offer oh definitely it is and we need more drivers to do the merch things as well as their hero cards because i know we're going to continue with lining up the cars all on the front stretch at the start of the night yeah and that's perfect yeah. fan engagement for your sponsors too you get yourself on the no, hero cards sure. with your sponsors because there you go you know so more and more stuff like that and if you're willing to talk with me you know i'd love to help you out and you know come up with some ideas and give you a hand just the same as what i'm doing for mike and jeremy and so and how i see it for the class too is people they're offering you that and it's not like if we're not racing a weekend they're gonna go take your merchandise away you know what i mean like it's it's an opportunity they're open every, every saturday night except one week you know what i mean and yep. if they're offering that to you to help you, you know, like I think every team should jump at it. The, oh, for sure. Like that. And then, yeah, so we're going to just try and do, do stuff like that. And I'll approach my regular sponsors. And sometimes people approach you. 
it's funny that way if you're just quiet and sometimes people come up to you and say, oh, hey, I'll do this and this for you. So yeah. sometimes the, the quiet mouse gets a bit of cheese. <laughs> or the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> for sure. All right, my friend. Well, you know what? I've It's been an awesome pleasure talking to you, getting to know you a little bit more and everything. I look forward to seeing you in 2024 out at the track with with your kids and every and your wife, too. I'm sure she comes out oh, to yeah, the no, track with you as well. You know, I yeah, look forward to I think I, I think the wife will come more this year. She usually stays home and feeds cows and deals with kind of that that end of it because we we're always on the road. But no, I think uh, I think you'll see the wife a little bit more at the racetrack this year. Yeah, and let's get your boys in, involved a little bit more on on the at EIR also, right? Oh yeah, no, they'll be there, Lily. So I don't know if you ever seen my daughter, Lily. She's fourteen. She I haven't seen her out there. With, yeah, she's been racing with me for since I started six years ago in wrecked cars and she's my spotter. She's a great spotter. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing this pavement deal at EIR without Lily. Like I asked her, I'm like, you want to do this? Like this is, and she loves it. So at oh, the well. end of the day, she won't go to the dirt track. It's not her deal. She's a pavement gal. And at the end of the day, me and my daughter have a lot of fun and that's why I'm doing this. Perfect. Maybe you can put her in the car. Uh, she dabbled a little bit when she was uh, just old enough for the future car, but she's just not. Uh, I probably pushed it a little bit too much, hoping that, oh, my first kid wants to be a race car driver, but now the boys, I won't be able to shut off and they'll steal all my funding. So who knows? Oh, well, there you go. But hey, at least at least Lily is there. She's, she's going to be your spotter again this year, probably. Yeah, I know. She'll be doing all the tires and spotting and doing everything and then Hunter, if he's not racing, he'll be there. Finn's too young to come. He's five, but maybe mom will bring him in the stands or maybe you'll have a co-host. I don't know. If Alan doesn't come back, maybe Finn will. We'll see. It might be fun. It might be fun. <laughs> yeah, you gotcha. Yeah, the only thing it's, is, been, it's been good. Yeah, well, the only thing is you got to remain unbiased when you're up, uh, up there announcing. So get him up there announcing. He'd be, oh, dad, dad, dad. Yeah, he'd be, yeah, people definitely... Definitely wouldn't understand half the stuff he said. He'd be on the chip for sure, just <laughs> flying. Right on. Yeah, it'll be a good year, and hopefully, there's some new hype in the class and the track, and we get uh, and we get uh, some, you know, some new energy. I guess you should call it. No, definitely, we would definitely need some new energy, and and hopefully, we could still work on getting an entitlement sponsor for the late model class as well. That would just be right over the top. That would definitely help bring out a lot more drivers. Yeah, and you want to know what? There's some of those cars around, like I said before, and they're a hard sell. Like I, I was on guys, and like oh, and people, people do plan on putting people in cars and. I truly do feel like the class will come back. So do I. So yeah, do I. In, in big numbers, for sure. I, I can't wait for that, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You bet you. Yeah. No, we'll, uh, we'll catch up again. Hopefully, uh, we do another interview at the end of the year, and uh, maybe I conquered my first championship and a few, uh, a few main event wins. Well, for sure. And I, I look forward to actually probably doing a couple of interviews with you on the racetrack. Because if Alan doesn't come back, they're going to need me to go back up and down the stairs to go and conduct those interviews. So I look forward to conducting some of those podium interviews with you. 
Yeah, no, you bet. Hopefully Allen does come back. I'm not sure what his plans are, but he's always just a, bundle, just a bundle of energy, that guy. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you perfect. Perfect, my friend. Well, once again, it was awesome conversation. And I, again, look forward to seeing you out at the racetrack in the number 34. What is the make and model of your car, by the way? So it's just your typical McCall chassis that uh, all these other cars are, but uh, we'll definitely get everything revealed at some point uh, soon. And I'm sure the track will share some information or social media and stuff. And yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. But it will be it the number 34. Yeah, all, we'll always be the number 34. Uh, you betcha. That's a family number that's been going on for probably... 60 70 years my uh great great uncles and everybody used it so perfect perfect well i gotta say thank you cameron for the for the awesome interview it was a pleasure talking with you and again i look forward to talking with you both on it like at the racetrack and yeah anytime you want to come on the podcast let me know there's an open spot for you okay sounds good we'll be in touch thanks there not a problem okay talk not to you later Thank you very much, Cameron. Once again, everybody, that was Cameron Med, driver of the number 34 NASCAR late model here at Edmonton International Raceway. Just bringing back some EIR news. February the 10th, Edmonton International Raceway has a booth at the Speedway Market presented by DC Signs. That's at the Heritage Park Pavilion in Stony Plain, Alberta. The hours will be 10 to 4. Stop by EIR's booth. Meet Jessica Carbone, driver of the number 7 NASCAR Pure Stock. While you're there at the booth, pick up your tickets for the Napa 300, which is going to be running on July 27th. Don't forget, the race on July 27th includes the Friday night race on July 26th. It's time. For that dreaded black flag disclaimer, I have to say it. But the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are mine and the guests appearing on Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Edmonton International Raceway, also known as EIR, EIR sponsors or racers, NASCAR, the NASCAR Canada Series, and their affiliated sponsors. The material and information presented here is for general information and entertainment only. The turn and laughs Mr. Smiley name and all forms and abbreviations are the property of its owner and its use does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. And now, time to end the show and... What signifies a race end is the checkered flag. So this is, ladies and gentlemen, the checkered flag. And I want to thank once again Cameron Med, my guest tonight, driver of the number 34 NASCAR late model here at Edmonton International Raceway. And, of course, a huge thank you to you, the listeners and fans of Edmonton International Raceway. Don't forget to like and share the podcast. Also, leave me your comments. I do read the comments, so please leave me your comments. Stay tuned for the next Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley presented by Edmonton International Raceway. Until next time, everybody, you keep on smiling. Get your NASCAR Canada Series Napa 300 tickets today at www.edmontonraceway.com. 
Get your 2024 tickets, season passes and more online at www.edmontonraceway.com. For sponsor or partner inquiries contact Loretta at Speedway at Cyban.net That's Loretta at Speedway at Cyban.net. For sponsor or partner inquires for Ram Racing and Round Table Racing contact Kevin at TrackSideBiz at gmail.com That's Kevin at T-R-A-C-K-S-I-D-E-B-I-Z at gmail.com.